Good morning. How are you? Yeah, that wasn't good, was it? Now, come on, really, seriously. I've just come back from Kenya. I'm going to say a little bit more about that. And when you, when you, anything in Kenya, or probably it's most of Africa, uh, everyone would now introduce themselves. Everyone would stand up in turn and say, my name is, and even though you've met them five or six times already during the course of your trip. So at the very least, we can say, good morning, how are you? And you can say, fine, thank you, back loudly. Good morning, how are you? Fine, thank you. Oh, I love it, I love it. Just uh, turn to your neighbour and say, are you still awake? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good. So the good news is that I get to talk about money. Yeah, the good news is that I get to talk about money. Genuinely, it is phenomenally good news to be able to talk about money. I love the little expression that someone uses. Every time I make the ends meet, someone moves the ends You know, I think that's quite... But the the reason I'm loving talking about money is because I find it so incredibly difficult. So if I was to be honest with you, and I try and be honest with you, about the area of greatest challenge for me as a follower of Jesus, and and for for Nikki and I in our marriage, just over 30 years of marriage, I, I think time and time again, we would come back to money. This is a phenomenally difficult topic, and it's going to raise all kinds of questions. And if if I don't tread on a few gentle, subtle toes as I go along, if I'm not, you know, in the slightest bit loose with what I say on occasion, I'm not intending to be, then it will probably mean I haven't quite done my job. If you don't get some sense through today of of how difficult I find it to to, to stand here and talk about money and how how much of a challenge it is for me in my discipleship, then then I won't have revealed anything about who I really am and, and the journey that I'm on. But for all of those reasons, that's why it's great to stand up and talk about money. Because you know what? There's a there's a power in this world that doesn't want me to do this. You know, there's an evil one or Satan, whatever we want to, we don't give him too much billing, we don't need to raise him up any more than he already wishes to be. But this is not neutral territory. Are you really clear about that? Uh, Hills was so good last week, I was able to to, to watch the talk, I was away in Kenya. Um, Money is not a neutral commodity, is it? And and so, because it's not neutral, money, money has power, people do things for money, don't they? We do things for money. Money has an influence, money has a power. Money causes, probably I'm guessing, darling, the truth would be, the, 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 the majority of disagreements and arguments that Nikki and I have had, which don't happen very often, because I'm so wonderful as a husband. <laughs> but they're about money. You know, even last night we had a little spiky moment, didn't we? Because my darling wife organises our, our, our finances. She's the, the one in the family who's much better at it. Um, I, I have to be really careful because actually that's a, often a little excuse for me to abdicate responsibility. That, that's the reality behind that. Um, but Nikki is the person who, who does it really well. And we were having a bit of a conversation because we were having a bit of a conversation about our, our Christian giving before I came and stood here because entirely appropriately a bolt of lightning could appear if I you know, talk to you about something I'm not prepared to, to be honest with you about the journey that, 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 that we're on together. And even in that conversation, just as we were desperately trying to watch Strictly and X Factor together, isn't it a challenge? <laughs> For those of us who are intellectual, it's just such a hard... We had a spiky little moment about money. So you see, friends, I want to say how glorious it is 
to be able to speak about money and to expose to the light, to the expose to the light of Jesus Christ, the, 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 the deeper and darker and harder things that exist in my life, and I'd be amazed if they don't, if they don't sometimes challenge you. Because the way of God, God doesn't, God doesn't use guilt as a kind of unerring, you know, kind of shaping weapon on us. God convicts, God prompts, God will be convicting today as he has convicted me in preparing this talk. God will be convicting, but where God convicts, God has the power to transform. God just doesn't lay burden on us and then say, Andrew, I'd love to help you, but I can't, mate. That's not God. That's not God. So I have the delight in being able to just raise and bring into the light some difficult stuff for us that will convict, that will prompt, that will perhaps just tread on a few toes because in doing that, the light of Jesus Christ can come. When we bring things into the light of God, they change. So I'm not, I'm not doing this because I've got the answers on money. I, 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 think, I, I think I know what the Bible perhaps directs me towards, but I, I do it with with a real sense of privilege to, to actually genuinely, even in the things that I'm already saying, to bring some freedom and to, to, to bring some, some transforming power of God because that's what he wants to do. It's entirely his work, of course, not mine. So if you're here today and, and if you're anything like me, if you, if you argue with the people closest to you sometimes and say really hurtful things and, and, and unfortunate things because of money, uh, if you're here because you're driven by, by, by money, if you're, if you're on the hamster wheel uh, of work and stuff, if, if you're here with, with really serious debt, if you're here with, you know, the end of the month is always beyond the end of the, 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 the money, um, if you're here and you've got too much money, if you're here and actually money is not a problem for you in the sense of having enough of it, but actually it's the responsibility of having, of having too much, if you're here for any reason where, where those forces in the world, the, the, the work of evil, would want to take away joy from you and is taking away joy from you in this area of money, you are a guest of Jesus. And the power of the Holy Spirit is here. The power of God that lifted Jesus from the cross is here right now for you, to bring freedom, to bring freedom, to bring release and freedom. And that is why it's a delight and a joy to talk about a really difficult topic. Last week, Hills shared uh, about Tim's Mars bar briefcase. You watched the video if you weren't there. I gather he still has it and it's still under lock and key, but Hills knows where the key is locked, is hidden now. Um, we were talking about, Hills was talking about, uh, about the, the, the way we can hide away uh, and talking about money. Uh, Hills was, was, was helping as I've just also, you know, the influence of money in, in our world. And this fact, and as I've already tried to say, it's not a neutral commodity. But Hills was also really helping us when we talk about the, the truth about money, that it's not inherently bad. It's not inherently bad. But it has to be directed. The power has to be directed. As in all things in life, God is inviting us into a partnership with him in this area of, area of money. And the question is, are you going to be a partner with God? That, that's the question he constantly is, is asking, asking me. 
So let's dive in. Let's ask the question, having talked a little bit last week and thought a little bit last week about, about the truth about money, let's talk a little bit this week and let's think a little bit and let's ask God to lead us down the road of understanding money as a blessing. When is money a blessing? That's, that's the question. When is money a blessing? And as I've said, as my, as my first picture slide, have you got Tom Cruise for me? This will wake a few people up in the, uh, in the church. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, there we are. That's the way of the world, isn't it? That's the challenge. That's the reality. Show me the money. Show me the money. Some of you will be in environments where... That's what it feels like. Uh, my next little slide is, do you remember when uh, there was the change of government from the Labour to, to Conservative and there was this note left by Liam Byrne in the Treasury? Yeah, when he left a note for the incoming, I'm afraid there is no money. We've been under, under austerity ever since. Well, okay, come on then, friends. So let's get into 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Verse 1, the uh, reading's going to come up on the screens, but maybe you'll want to switch on your phone or open a Bible. There are some at the front. Let's, let's go on a journey of thinking about money as a blessing. And let's see where God wants to take us today and how he wants to bring some light and freedom and joy in this area. Andrew's going to follow through the reading for us on the screens. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. So Paul is writing to uh, the church in Corinth. Um, anyone who ever tries and tells you that the Bible doesn't know about the realities of modern living and modern life should have spent a little bit of time in either Corinth or, or Rome or Ephesus or any of those. You know, Paul is writing absolutely into the realities of life. And so here he is, he's, he's wanting this church to know about the, the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty wells up in rich generosity. For I testify, says Paul, that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. As they exceeded our expectations, they gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. So it should be immediately obvious to us that you are not going to talk well about money and handling money if you try and think of it as self-help, as top 10 tips for money management, as anything other than a work of God. That 
probably is brutally obvious to, to, to some, overly simplistic to some of us, but, well, I wonder. I find myself drawing up budgets. I find myself having very wise conversations with Nikki about how to better handle our money. And I know that God has given wisdom, and I know that God wants me to apply our thoughtful wisdom to the topic of our money. But first and foremost, I have to recognize that handling money well, money being a blessing, is a discipleship question. It's a following question. And the only person who has answers to the following questions, the discipleship questions, is God. 2,000 verses in the Bible, Hills reminded us last week. 18 out of 36 parables of Jesus on the topic of money. And Jesus says, where your treasure is, there also is your heart. Only a heart transformed by God will change what we believe about money and what we do with it. So if you, like me, are struggling with money, you're struggling, like me, with your heart. It will be a very little benefit to you for me to kind of get, try and give you any cleverer ways of thinking about money other than directing my attention, your attention, to the work of God. You see, what the Macedonian church have done is completely and absolutely bananas. Because of their severe poverty, they have been exceedingly generous. Now, we read these things so often that we don't always appreciate the upside-down nature of it. At exactly the point where human wisdom might say, be more careful with your money. Attend to your own needs first. What about the people on your doorstep? At exactly the point that all of that human sense about money would come in, Paul says at that moment... They were moved by God. It was a grace. Did you notice the word? It was a movement of God in their hearts to do not what the world do, would do, but to give generously. Paul's complete expectation is that their example is a normal example for followers of Jesus. They gave first to the Lord and then to their own needs. Jesus commands when we give, not if we give. We'll know that often when Jesus was giving those 18 parables about money, he was in sharp contrast with the religious thinking of his day. He was in contrast with the thinking about giving and generosity in terms of temple tax. 
He was, he was against thinking about giving and generosity and use of money in terms of God like a, a cosmic slot machine. Put enough in on one side and more will come out at the bottom. Friends, he was completely against any thinking of the use of the word charity when it comes to our Christian giving. Trinity is a registered charity, but that's just a human device for managing our money. Our giving to God's work is not charitable giving in its, in its source, in its heart. It flows from an understanding of who God is, doesn't it? God is generosity. God has given the abundance of creation. God has given his son, Jesus Christ. He's given all of himself. God is the giving, generous God. And our giving, our thanksgiving is in response to the nature and the abundance And the excess of God. A guy called Eugene Peterson famously said that long obedience in the same direction is a pretty good way of describing being a follower of Jesus. Long obedience in the same direction. This change of thinking, I can tell you after 55 years of life, is really hard work. When I see the end of the month and the end of the money, my thinking is immediately inspired by all of the worldly messages that I get. I find it really hard in truth To be wisely, extravagantly generous in response to my God. That's the truth. But it's a journey that I am trying to make. Because freedom and blessing with money will only come as I walk this road. Paul knows this. It's why he urges the churches to make their their giving. He speaks about it probably first in Galatia. He's he's calling for a a collection to the Christians, the poor Christians in Jerusalem. There may be something there about the the Gentile church expressing its unity with the Jerusalem-based church. But he knows he needs to urge. He He needs to encourage because it is hard to get this heart This particular mindset. And and the good news is he wants them to understand. It's, It's probable that they've asked some questions about the nature of giving. And he wants them to understand that giving is a grace, doesn't he? That's the word that he uses. It's a gift. It's a a spiritual activity. We know that some of the Spirit's gifts come to us us suddenly. They come to us, uh, you know, they're not things that are part of us before we receive the gift. The gift of healing, the gift of prophecy. 
But others of our gifts are where the Holy Spirit takes something that is already within us and and rises it up, raises it up into new expression. And this is the gift, the grace of giving. It's the Holy Spirit's work. However any of us may find challenge with money, it is the Holy Spirit's work in us to shape us to be more like Jesus. It's a work of the heart. So friends, it won't come down to you deciding whether it's 10 pounds more a month or 50 pounds here or a 50,000 pounds there, whatever is your appropriate level of response and ability. That's not what this comes down to. It comes down to our hearts. Do we believe that God, as Hills was saying last week, do we believe that God is the source of everything? And are we giving back to him? That's the question. It's a heart question. Like every work of the Spirit, this this work of sanctification, this work of causing our attitudes and our actions to be increasingly like Jesus is a work over time. It It is obedience, long obedience in the same direction. But it is God's work. You and I do not have to try and do better. What we have to be is reliant on God. If money for you is not a blessing then the most important thing you can do is say that to God. I mean, really say that to God. I mean, really open your heart to him, your bank account. Every, every attitude, every, every way that you have been brought up to think about money, every way that you're shaped by those around you at work and in other places, to bring that before God. This was Paul's expectation. That the way of followers is completely bananas, upside down to the way of the world. Can I just say that we're in this together we offer you some uh, our money matters ministry, which is debt advice. We offer to be with you in prayer on this journey. We have our life groups. We have many other ways of supporting. The thing about money is the shame that it can bring, can't it? I, uh, I was at uni with someone who lost their job and didn't tell their wife for over a year. They went every day. They got up, put on their um, clothes and went to work every day. And they just ran up massive credit card debt in order to fund 
And it took a year before that truth came out. That kind of shame is not to live with. That kind of burden is not to live with, is it? Remotely. We're in this together. We're all in. The second thing I want to say, and don't worry, there aren't too many, because it's quite big stuff, isn't it? The second thing I want to say about money being a blessing and handing money well is that when we've got our hearts beginning to beat to the rhythm of God, then we actually find that the use of money is a way in which we share in his work, in his ministry, don't we? That's, that's the joy Paul described to the Corinthians. He says, thank you for this service to the saints. And the word service is also the word that inspires our word ministry. Paul is saying by giving, the Macedonians have joined in with the web and the weave of what God is doing in the world. There's a joy that they have by being part of his unfolding kingdom. And stewardship, the word we often use for the way that we handle money as Christians, the word steward, to be a steward is to exercise responsibility on behalf of the owner. So God is wanting us to share with him in the use of his money. That's an amazing privilege. Through our, our church, we can, we can give in ways that transform the world by the, the sharing of the gospel, by the, uh, the, the way in which we build up Christian community, in the way that we provide care for others through our, our transform ministries and through things like Money Matters as we share that ministry with others outside of the Trinity family. But we also do it through, through mission partnerships. Harry, just, just come very quickly. Here's a, here's a way that our money is being used by God. Our stewarding of money is being used by God as a blessing. Come on, Harry. So, Harry, you have to just very briefly... Andrew, can we show these pictures? Harry, no, you, you come, come up on the platform. Okay. Come up on here. Come higher, oh, there's brother. there's a screen there. I didn't yeah. know that. So, Andrew, can you show our pictures? So, Harry, first of all, I'm going to show them to you. You haven't got your glasses. There's yeah. three very wise men standing looking as milkmen. Yes. Next picture, there's a man kissing a tree. Yes. Or, or has become, I, I don't know. Uh, next slide, there's some men looking blankly at a field. Yes. Yeah, you're one of those blank men. And uh, next one. Uh, uh, there's a man, very impressive man, doing some teaching. Okay, can't see. Yeah, exactly. It's probably better that you yeah. can't, Harry, really. And yeah. then next one, and there's a man talking to some children. Right. So what, what's that about, Harry? What's been going on? <laughs> we haven't rehearsed this. So I'm not quite sure what I'm supposed to say. So all those pictures are from, um, from the last couple of weeks in Kenya, uh, which we spent together. Uh, with the joy of partnering with um, the church in Creature Diocese. I think what, the one that looked like kissing the tree was um, at a farm school in a place called Londiani, and we were invited to plant some trees um, there. But uh, it was an ama amazing blessing day because there are two farm schools there. One of them is all Kikoyu, and the other one is actually five tribes working together. And these two farm schools... Uh, prepared all the, all the ground for their open day 
um, which is, is the, really the church leading the way in terms of tribes working together in an area actually where there was a lot of violence and, and murder in, in the post-election situation just six years ago. So uh, tremendous healing and reconciliation, the church leading the way. And um, see, seeing um, there are the 72 farmers and 72 families who've been lifted out of extreme poverty forever. And we had the joy of celebrating with them. So that was, the, that was when, that was uh, that the man, that he might have been praying but he was bending. He might down. have also <laughs> fallen over at the critical moment when he was trying to plant the tree. He's planting a tree. Um, the one at the end is probably the best one, and that was at Masuura. Can we just put that picture up again? Harry um, talking to Because there's a, a whole load of you here who sponsor children. Next one at uh, Masuura. And um, we had the privilege of speaking to the children there um, about. I gave my testimony, and Andrew just shared about the fact that. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. You actually need to ask Jesus into your heart. And so we um, had the joy of, of um, 37 of the children giving their, giving their lives to the Lord. Well, it might be more than that, but 37 came forward. So, so, um, so yes, lots of you sponsor those children. So um, I did ask them. I said, if you gave your life to the Lord, when you write your next letter to your sponsor, tell, do, do tell them in the letter. So maybe some of you who've been praying for them, you'll get that. Letter. Now that they're coming through electronically really quickly, you'll get that quite soon, hopefully. Um, and if, if anyone wants to know more about the Kenya partnership, Harry and Sandy are the person who are now chairing, chairing that, group, that group for us. Thanks, thanks Harry. I, I, I show those pictures to you because that's us. Harry paid for his own ticket and everything, every cost, as he always does. But you paid for mine because I can't afford it. That's the deal. Uh, but for a relatively small amount of money, I mean, those farm schools, it's 400, children, 400 families, 396 families, times five or six people. The way we use our money is an opportunity to join in with what God is doing. And through the wider use of our money, the way, we, uh, the way we work, the way we serve, the way we, we purchase and we buy is a way of joining in with what God is doing in the world. And, and as soon as I say that, I hope you can immediately then begin to see that any mindset which says, oh, this bit I give to my church and this bit is for me is completely contradictory. God only sees the whole he sees the whole of you in terms of your ministry. Your ministry is where you will be tomorrow and the next day and the next day. That's where the real ministry takes place. There's a bit of ministry that happens in this building. But the much bigger part of ministry, the much bigger part of opportunity to join in with what God is doing, if your heart is given to him with your money, is everywhere else. That's the scope. That's the excitement. And so that's why we need Christians in politics. We need Christians in the media. We need Christians in, in, in every bit of public life. That's why we need Christians on the front line in businesses. Tomorrow, schools, at the school gate. That's why we need Christians buying products. Nikki and I buy from a particular company 
Who gives a CRAP? 50% of the money, the profit, goes to WaterAid. Every time I sit on the toilet and wipe my bottom, You have to feel for others in your pocket. And you can. We make a living by what we earn. We make a life by what we give. And the richer we are, the choices just grow. More choices. So yes, more challenge. So yes, more need for the heart to be flowing, not out of management technique or even church leadership technique or even out of it, if I give 10%, then the rest of the other 90 is mine. The heart flowing out of the knowledge that all things come from you, O Lord, and of your own do we give you. Are there any Anglicans in the house? And giving through our church, friends, I have to say, matters. I've already hit and trod as hard as I can on the charity toes. Unashamedly. First to the Lord they gave, says Paul. First to the Lord. When we think about our giving in church life, it reveals heart questions, doesn't it? Do I trust my church? It's a massive question. Of course it's a massive question. If I give it to them, am I I giving up control? Tithing. The Bible talks about tithing. Tithing is, is not a legal framework to apply to us, but it is full of critical principles, critical principles for us. The reason I say about it not being a legal framework is because I, again, hear people say something along the lines of, if I give 10% to my church and through my church, then the other 90% is mine to do what I want with. The Bible talks about tithing as a starting point, not a finishing point. It's the first fruits of the harvest. Did you notice that they exceeded? And Paul, nowhere in any of the times that he writes about this collection for Jerusalem, nowhere does he say the answer to this is tithing. He says the answer is generosity. Don't don't get me wrong on it. Tithing really matters. Nikki and I use that as a benchmark, a starting point. But don't let it be your Finishing point. J.I. Packer, talking about the passage we've read, says, what it means is they gave all they could readily and then they gave a bit more. First, proportionate, generous, sacrificial giving. First to the Lord. And so, friends, that means giving wisely. It means means that you do a standing order. Because if you're relying on the times that you're in church for, for giving, well, there's going to be lots of times you're not giving. 
Friends, if I rely on giving to God what I happen to have in my pocket right now, then he is going to get a memory stick and two pounds, sorry, three pounds thirty. That is not an act of worship. For every one pound that we give to our church wisely through a standing order, we're able to reclaim another 20p in tax. On 100,000 pounds, 20,000 pounds. Is it wise to not take advantage of that? Is it wise to not want to use more of God's resources for more of God's stuff? Clearly it isn't. Some of us have very variable incomes, absolutely. If we have very variable incomes, then our, our giving pattern, first to the Lord, will have some variation in it. But is that exactly the same as waiting to see? Is that actually the same as waiting to see what my bonus is like? It isn't, is it? It really isn't. First to the Lord. First to the Lord. You see, all of this requires intentionality, long obedience in the same direction. Paul writes in chapter 9, many of you know, that God loves a cheerful giver. Someone once said to their vicar, as far as I can see, vicar, this Christianity is just give, give, give. The vicar said, that's one of the best definitions of being a follower of Jesus Christ I've ever heard. God does not want... Mean-spirited giver. He's not interested. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need our money. It's his already. But God wants free and cheerful hearts. Where we're trusting God for our needs. Where we don't put limits. We just desire to please and to glorify him. We know there's no prosperity gospel. God is not a slot machine. It's not clear that rich Christians are automatically good Christians or poor Christians are bad Christians or poor Christians are good Christians, as, as Hill was say, Hills was saying last night. But Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, those who sow sparingly reap sparingly. There is a divine economy. There is a divine way of thinking behind what Paul writes to the churches when he says, enjoy this grace and this freedom of money being a blessing. And he says, it's God's work in you. Sorry if your toes are hurting. As ever, please feel absolutely free to buy me a coffee. Always prefer that than receiving a long email. It's much easier to talk about these things face to face.
but I hope you hear the heart of one who wishes to be a follower. One who wants to walk in greater freedom himself when it comes to money. One who wants to truly enjoy joining in with stewarding God's resources. One who knows that God does not want any of us to be weighed down by fear and worry and burden when it comes to our money. Would you like to stand if you're able to? Just uh, remind, remind you again that um, our Money Matters ministry uh, is, is something that we offer, that we have within our church. Duncan, who heads that up, uh, and, and I know that he has been helping a number of members of our church family just in the last, last few months who've got uh, really very, very significant uh, financial difficulties. And, and Duncan has an amazing ability and, and expertise in, that, in this particular area. Um, so that's a real resource. That's a real resource. Um, completely unashamedly, uh, I, I point you again to our resourcing the vision uh, leaflet. They're, they're available at the back. I, I haven't put them on the chairs, could have done, but this series is not primarily and only and solely for any reason about our own financial giving at Trinity. But God is sharpening our vision. God is asking us questions and we're having to obviously rightly adjust to the amount of money that we as a church family, we as a church family, choose and are giving to his work. Uh, The resource in the vision leaflet tells you a lot more about all that we do with our money and it is we because we all give. Those are some of the things that we're doing in line with God's will. And there are envelopes. If you're not giving regularly and you feel stirred by God, unashamedly, as an act of worship, there you go. You could start. You could start. Those are at the back. But we also want to pray for people, most importantly, about this heart stuff. So shall we just invite God to speak? Father God, we come to you, each one of us as as people who have um, challenges in the areas of money. Each one of us comes to you, God, as, as people who who have history, who have brokenness, who have have some lovely things. I'm I'm sure we can have wonderful testimonies and we thank you. But also we have questions, we have stirrings within us. We come to you, God, now. Holy Spirit, please come to us. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we want to break the distorting power of money in any of our lives where where that applies. 
In the name of Jesus, we pray against fear. We pray, Lord, for guilt. Release people, please, in the name of Jesus Christ. From worry, from burden, from fear, from guilt. And Holy Spirit, would you please begin, begin to be leading people, a sense for people of being led by you into freedom when it comes to money. No, no doubt there will be some things that have to happen practically. No doubt there will be some conversations that have to be had and some probably some tough choices as well. But I'm asking please, by the grace of God, that you would give a sense of freedom and that, that a spirit of generosity, a spirit of release, a spirit of joining in with you would come. I pray for all those in the room who, who can't imagine how that's possible. You, you can't see humanly how anything could change. I pray for you in the name of Jesus Christ that your heart will be lifted now by the truth that God can. God can. God will find a way. Holy Spirit, come. Please. And I just want to invite you to, to, to come to the front for prayer. If, if you want to just speak something to God, you want to make a, a physical movement to say, God, I want something to be different with my money. Or if you, you, need, you want someone to pray with you about ambition. Maybe you've got lots of money and you're just wanting wisdom on to how to use it. Or you're struggling with any money difficulty. Anything that I've touched on could also cover, I think, ambitions in work and those things. So why don't you just come to the front now and we'll pray with you this morning about money being a blessing. God to release this blessing in you. That's great. I know it's a big thing to do. You could be coming for lots of different reasons. It doesn't have to be obvious, negative, difficult ones. As I say, be brave and come. Be brave and come. Thank you. Be brave and come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Tough stuff, tough stuff. God be God, God be God. Yeah. You need a new heart when it comes to finance, well done. You want guidance and wisdom onto how to use your money. You've got some things to navigate, could be for any reason. 
It just could be even just for God to keep you on the road you've already started on. Thank you. If people could just come and pray with those who are being brave enough to come forward. This is really hard, hard stuff. Let's not leave people. That would be great. Come and pray quickly with people, please, team. Just down here to my right, there's a man, a lady here, couple here on my left. Thank you, friends. Let's, let's come quickly. Thank you, God. Pray for release, God. Your heart for our money. Thank you, God. If you have to begin to leave and go and collect children and go for tea and coffee, pray for the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to rest on every one of us this day and always. Amen.